BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. You know that fresh produce is the best produce. That's why at Kroger, we invest in local farmers to bring you seasonal picks that taste fresh from the farm good, like sweet corn, refreshing watermelon, and juicy peaches. So whether you're a delivery lover, a picker-upper, or you shop in-store, your local produce always tastes 100% fresh, or you get a 100% refund guaranteed. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand episode of The Wrap right here on the Fight Game Media Network. Happy Monday to you all as we are a little under two weeks away until Backlash going down live in Puerto Rico. I'm Keela Cash, and by my side, as always, is my right hand, my co-captain, the sometimes advocate for the not-so-rapidly-improving Von Wagner. I bring to you, as always, the wise man himself, Salty Scott Young. Welcome back, Salty. Thank you for having me, Keela. As always, it's a pleasure to chop it up and talk all things WWE. I'm excited to have this conversation. Um, you know, just sitting here, having a nice drink, watching a, a wonderful game right now. It's just good vibes so far. Good vibes for you. I'm watching the same game that you're watching. You're watching the Lakers versus the Grizzlies, and the Lakers have a commanding lead right now. But you're literally counting the points from 27 to 24, wondering when will the other shoe drop? Listen, they're still the Lakers, okay? <laughs> it is what it is. We've we've seen it all year. Uh, we've seen them up by 20, 25. We've, like, they blew a 20-point lead to the Pelicans, okay? So let's, let's not like, act like this can't happen. Uh, the Grizzlies are still dangerous. But, uh, yeah, we should be good. But, you know, like I said, off air, let's talk about – Third quarter, five minutes to go. We, if we're still up 25, I'll be in a good place. Yes, and right now the lead has been cut down to 22. So See, see what I'm talking about? It's just it's, getting worse and worse. <laughs> it's like the cliffhanger game from The Price is Right. He keeps going up and up and up and up and up, and hopefully he doesn't fall over. But good luck to the Lakers. My Warriors play tomorrow, or by the time we listen to the show, they already played and hopefully beat Sacramento to tie the series 2-2 at home at Chase Center. We'll see how it goes. Fingers crossed and all of that. Hawks are still in the playoffs as well. Won a game against Boston on Friday. So 
a team still trying here, trying to stay alive in these playoff streets. Yeah, uh, the playoffs have been interesting. I do find it interesting that like two or three series have ended and some series are only on like game two. I know. It's very weird. Like Philadelphia, they're already chilling at home. They sent Brooklyn to Cancun today. Just relaxing. Just chilling, relaxing. Joel can rest up his knee like, hey, I got a few days off. I'm good to go. So it is very strange how these playoff series start. We're in game three tomorrow. Some are just now getting into game four by Monday. So it is definitely a tricky schedule, but it should be back on track as we get closer to the end of the first round. But Scott, I do have a question for you before we dive into our top topic this week. In that, were you as surprised as the world when you found out out of nowhere that Seth Rollins and Omos have beef. Um. Yeah. I. Uh, I was. <laughs> yeah. I. I was. I am wondering which one of them has the burner that's going to turn the beef to patties, though. So you know, a lot of questions that need to be answered. I'm guessing it's the guy that's going to burn it down, right? I'm assuming he's the one with the burner who's going to turn the beef to patties. That's just what I'm assuming. But yeah, came out of nowhere. But you know what? I'm here for it. I see a lot of like, oh, my God, how can we have this? Let me tell you something. Omos versus Strowman, Omos at WrestleMania, and now Omos versus Rollins. Omos about to be on a streak because this is going to be a good match. He, he can perform a miracle. And he's going to. Like, that's, that's, that's what that guy, like, I, there's, a re- like, there's a reason. Like, they're not just, I feel like there's this, this is not just a random match. Like, they're not just going to do that to Rollins of all people. And why would you do that with Omos for no reason? There's a reason for this. It's probably just to get a good match out of Omos. Rollins is going to get a good win, a nice, strong victory. I, I don't see any issue with this. It's Rollins is going to be a nice baby face in peril that we've always wanted. Omos is a nice giant who we've seen can have good matches. It's not going to be 15 minutes. It's going to be six to seven minutes tops of just Omos tossing Rollins around before he hits the top rope curb stomp for the win. One can only hope, but still, this was random as hell. I won't argue with you on that part. That graphic popped up. I'm like, when did they have a segment on Raw this past Monday? Was this a digital exclusive I missed on YouTube? I have no idea where this match came from, but I'm oddly intrigued because Seth Rollins can pull off anything and he can make Omos look very competent in the ring. We'll see how he goes in Puerto Rico in a couple of weeks' time, but... It is WWE draft week around these parts. It is a very important time for WWE to reset the rosters heading into the summer season. And it's very savvy to do this during the post-WrestleMania lull to kind of reset the table for the next few months as we head into Money in the Bank and ultimately SummerSlam as well. And we have a very cool idea on this show. We're going to do our own mock draft as we pick the very best from Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. We have six wrestlers on tap, a single stars, and they cannot be champions. They must have that equity of you got next in some way. We have three tag teams and one surprise pick that we think could be game changers for on SmackDown moving forward. So, Scott, as we dive into our topics a little later, I want you to make your first pick on behalf of Friday Night SmackDown. So over here at SmackDown, you know, we're we're all about making the big matches and we want the best matches possible. For that to happen, we have to have the best wrestler on the roster. Can be our, our top baby face, our top heel. He can be the top guy, period. That is Seth freaking Rollins. A very fine pick. I love that pick. 
I thank you for that pick because now I must represent Monday Night Raw. And I am going to cap for a guy that has won me over in the last few months. Survived a lot of hype for other superstars in WWE. Made his own mark. Had me wanting him to win the main event of WrestleMania Night 2. I'm still sad about it three weeks later, but I'm still going to be representing the American Nightmare, my top draft pick for Monday Night Raw, Cody Rhodes, a.k.a. Cody Luther King, to make the world better. You know, and I know there's people wondering why wouldn't you pick Cody, as you know, take Cody as your first pick. And there's no real reason why. I just, I'm just a Rollins guy, so I think that's a great pick. Thank you very much. And I also want to shout out some members of the Fight Game Media family that joined us in this mock draft for WWE this year. And I want to shout out Paul Fontaine, Grandpa Dez, as he has the following picks for the 2023 WWE draft. His pick, similar to yours, Seth Rollins is number one, followed by Grayson Waller, Dominic Mysterio, EO Sky, Cody Rhodes, Roxanne Perez, Pretty Deadly, the Street Profits, the Usos, and his surprise pick, Nate Diaz of all people. Let me tell you, that Nate Diaz one is very interesting because I think he would cut a hell of a promo. He could. I could see that. He would definitely leave a mark one way or another on the mic. Right. (laughs) (laughs) He would leave quite the impression. Then we have Gigi, the godfather, and he doesn't even, like, you know, go through the list. He only has Mr. and Miss Irrelevant. So he has Electra Lopez at pick number 125. And then he has Grayson Waller dead last as Mr. Irrelevant. He ain't got he ain't got to do my boy Grayson like that. Listen, Grayson Grayson deserves more than that. Grayson deserves better than that. And let's not forget, Mr. Irrelevant once name was Tom Brady. So let's not sleep on Mr. Irrelevant, Grayson Waller. And also, last year's Mr. Irrelevant, legit from the from the NFL draft. Brock Purdy. Come on now. Quite possibly. Of all people, Gigi should know better. Yes, he should put respect on Mr. Relevant's name. Arguably the greatest Mr. Irrelevant quarterback in the history of the NFL almost got him to the Super Bowl. Come on now. Respect on Mr. Irrelevant. But we got Jeremy Feinstone, his picks for SmackDown, Rhea Ripley, Finn Balor, Ray and Dominic Mysterio, Cody Rhodes, AJ Styles, The Good Brothers, Bobby Lashley, Asuka, and Alexa Bliss. To Monday Night Raw, he's got Ronda Rousey, Shayna Baszler, Charlotte Flair, The New Day, Roman Reigns, The Uso, Solo, Drew McIntyre, LA Knight, and Bray Wyatt, and Logan Paul goes to SmackDown, and he broke the rules because Roman has a belt. We all Two belts, Jeremy in fact. Don't, Jeremy don't abide by the rules. <laughs> And Rhea, too, she has a belt as well. Just cheated all throughout this list. But good picks, though. Very good picks. Very nice rosters for both shows. And we'll dive into our second pick momentarily. But I want to get into Monday Night Raw going down live this past week. And we had a dangerous alliance for the year 2023. We have the bloodline brokering a deal with the Judgment Day on the order of Roman Reigns. And Jay's like, I didn't get no email. I didn't get a phone call. I get. I didn't get a text message about this. How did this come to be? And Paul Heyman 
says, well, Solo knows about it. He's privy to the tribal chief's movements and they kind of side-eye Solo a bit. So there is still dissension regarding Roman keeping things away from the Usos since they lost the tag team titles to Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn at WrestleMania a few weeks ago. But what I loved the most about this opening segment of Monday Night Raw was this was a scratch your back, you scratch mine, and that in that the Judgment Day have a bad bunny problem and they want the bloodline to solve that for them heading into backlash. And of course the bloodline got a KO Sami Zayn and Matt Riddle problem. And they want the judgment day to fix that by the end of last week's show. So what I loved besides these dynamics was the fact that Rhea Ripley was staring a hole through solo Sokoa the entire time she was ready to fight him. And he was ready to fight her. And Paul sensed the vibes. And he told Jay, hey, can you slide on over here? Slide over. And then when they switched positions, Rhea switched positions. And she continued to eye down Solo. And she is worrying for a fight. And she was like, we're cool for now. But I loved how alpha she is in this moment. That she does not back down from anyone male or female in WWE. I love this unholy alliance of we got to do things right now to take care of business. It'll backfire inevitably. But I also like the future tense of this could be a faction feud down the road post-WWE draft if both crews stay together, Scott. Yeah, this was a, this was a lot of fun. The interactions were fun. Uh, you know, I'm going to be honest, the best part about this was Ripley and Solo. I didn't really care about the rest of it. Um, you know, Dom's, you know, Dom's grin on the end as he saw Rhea move over was a nice touch, but yeah, I, that was easily the best part of this whole thing was watching Rhea just eye down solo and solo was like, listen, I don't care if you're a female or not. I will give you this thumb to the throat and call it a day. And he was not backing down. Um, this was great. I, 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 I enjoy watching villains be like you know what we have a common goal let's work together it's like eight of us let's work together and it, it, it just gives a reason for the lwo to be there so there's that whole thing there's no brand split right now so everybody's just showing up everywhere so you know it is literally gang warfare right now on monday night raw a lot of gang warfare the lwo we got the bloodline we got the judgment day we got whatever's going on with ko sammy and sammy Zayn. i do love all the dynamics a dream come true that plays out during the main event of monday night raw but let's get to something i have to acknowledge on this show okay i have my moments of being nice to a certain someone I have my moments showing grace and acknowledging when they do a good job. And I have to say that the best match for Monday Night Raw this past Monday was Seth Rollins versus The Miz. I have not. (laughs) You hear the claps (laughs) because I've made his night and he's just clapping because he knows this is very difficult for me. But I will give the devil his due. Michael Mazanin showed up to work on Monday and he hung tough with Seth Rollins and they had a hell of a match. Now the fans were being a little facetious chanting. This is awesome. No, it wasn't awesome. It was very good. In fact, it was a little great, but I appreciated the work. Miz had his working boots on. He had me going a few moments. 
here and there, code breaker, double DDT out of nowhere, giving it to Seth Rollins, attacking him before the match began. Seth comes through with three topes on the outside, and then he takes out Miz with a suplex followed by a falcon arrow, then stumps his ass for the one, two, three, but all in all, this was a very good professional wrestling match, and the Miz, for the first time in a very long time, felt relevant. He felt like he belonged. He felt as if he still had something left in the tank because up until then, he was giving me absolutely nothing. But on Monday, he showed me that, hey, when he's motivated, he still got something to prove. And he did so against one of the very best in the world, Seth Rollins. And this ends my praise for The Miz as I get something to drink. Take it away, Scott. Well, I, I get it. Miz makes people thirsty, so it makes complete sense. Ew. You know? <laughs> Ew. Take that back right now. Uh, no, seriously. But the Miz is great. This is a great match. Um, I enjoyed the heck out of it. And the roll through, the DDT into the roll through DDT. Beautiful spot. Miz keeping balance and staying on the top rope by Rollins got to the top. Roll through Falcon. Like, the Miz caught somebody on a dive. That's when you know things are going well for 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 the Miz in a match. So, um, yeah, great, great match. Not much to add. Um, yeah, I, I loved it. I loved it, too. I will give props when need be, and I am not thirsty for the Miz. How dare you even put that out there? Well, not necessarily you, but just the Miz in general. He, you know, he, he does that to people. To who? You? Maurice. Well, listen, she's priority number one. <laughs> that's the top That's the top person you need to make sure is quenched at all times. Hey, he quenched my thirst on Monday, so I'm good. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm sure he did. Because for at least this week, you can cap for him proudly and say, damn, Mike did that. Because for the last year or so, he's done nothing irrelevant besides have one great match against Logan Paul, who gave him four stars. The tag match was good at WrestleMania the year before. Semantics. <laughs> Logan Paul carried him. And Morrison. But listen, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who carried him. His name is on that thing for however many stars it got. <laughs> you just want to make sure he gets his proper credit. That's it. That's it. And I hope Dave wouldn't watch this match because I want four stars on the next Observer for this one. I have to go through the Observer. I have not finished it as of yet. I will check to see if Dave gave The Miz four stars. He might give him three and a half. Probably three and a half. More than likely three and a half. Yeah, most likely. I'll check and confirm and I'll let you know how he scored The Miz versus Seth Rollins as we take a pause with our recap of Monday Night Raw and dive back into the mock WWE draft. Scott, your next pick for Friday Night SmackDown. So I'm going to go ahead and take a tag team because I want to make sure I get this team. Um, I I, I want to make sure that my foundation in the tag division is solid. You know, we have new champions. They're not going to be as dominant as the Usos. I need a team that, you know, whenever they're ready, they can be the they can be the foundation of that division. I am calling up Pretty Deadly. I know it's early. I'm taking them early, but that's how good I think Pretty Deadly is. 
their main roster ready. They've been ready for a while. They are very good in the ring. Their personalities are everything. I love them. And they are perfect for the main roster. And they can definitely elevate things on Friday Night SmackDown if it did come to pass. So a very good pick for you. As for myself, I am going to go into the Raw Women's Division and select... Io Sky as someone that can break through as a big time single star in the women's division vying for a championship very, very soon on Monday Night Raw. Not going to lie, that was actually my first women's pick. So there will be some adjustments going on in the war room. (laughs) What I love about this is we are completely blind with our picks. We have not gone over anything. It's like a real draft. So we go back and forth. I stole Scott's pick. I'm very proud of myself. Let me pat myself on the back like Tomasa Ciampa. Good for me. I'm so proud of me. Well, it's fine. It's the least like it's the least that could happen since you had to give the Miz so much love. I'm all for this. This is, that's fine. And it's still nauseating, by the way, that I had to it's praise him for two nauseating. minutes. <laughs> you know how I'm you sure know? you were watching this match, going, "Oh my gosh, this is actually all right." Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "This is actually good." And I know that Scott is just salivating at the thought, like, "Oh, I cannot wait to talk about this on the show because she's going to praise him, and then that's and that's going to make me so happy because I get to come through and praise my guy." And you got your wish. Damn it. Let me tell you, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't watching it live. So all I saw was the clip of the Miz hitting that DDT into a roll through DDT. And I, my first thought was, what in the world is going on? Because there's no way the Miz just did a roll through DDT. So like, I listen, I'm just as shocked as anybody. And this is, this is coming from me. So I, I we may not get this again for a few months. So I'm going to, I'm going to relish in this for a little bit. Shout out to Rollins. (laughs) It shook me too. Not going to lie. I was very impressed by that double DDT spot. The roll through was very clean. It was. It was. Listen, we've seen some, we've seen tons of roll throughs and some of them are not that, that good. And for the Miz to pull off a smooth roll through, have that aggression on his face and make it look good. I was like, all right, I'm, I'm here for this, man. I'm here for this, Mike. Look at you, so proud of him. He did a wrestling move and it was actually decent. Let me let me calm down before I wake up the tribal chief. <laughs> Not Roman waking up saying, Dad, you're too damn happy about the Miz. Calm down. It's only one yeah, match. The tribal chief I only knew what I was so excited about. He'd be so upset. Like, look at you. I don't acknowledge he'd, this. He'd sick his, his solo woman, which is our dog. Get him. <laughs> Get him. him. (laughs) Not the dog turning on me. Get him. (laughs) You know? Oh damn. You know, you know how Solo had that had the standing behind Sami Zayn at the in the chair? Yeah. They were doing the the, the trial. Mm -hmm. That's me with the dog right at my neck. And he's just waiting. Oh no. (laughs) To lick you to death. Long as he doesn't find out it's the Miz. <laughs> he's sensitive <laughs> about the Miz, I see. Yeah, if it's Cody, he's cool when he loves some Cody. Loves loves the uh loves the kingdom. But if it's the Miz, he's gonna be like, nah, that's that ain't gonna ride. You know what? Your dog is now my new best friend. Your dog's got great taste. He's a Miz hater. So hey, Roman, wake up, get the dog ready to get Scott. I would love to hear this on the air. The chaos would just bring in the listeners. Yeah, that's all right. No one We've we've seen what happens on a weekly basis when a tr- upset tribal chief 
is angry. We don't want to do that. Okay. All right. I will not disturb greatness as he rests, but your dog is my people now. Bless him. <laughs> Great taste. F the Miz. Respectfully, but not this week. I'll give him his flowers for now. But let's segue to Trish Stratus. Trish and her girls came out on Monday Night Raw. <laughs> they did. They came out. They were seated. And I love that for her. She was giving us some modernized 2000 TNA with the cowboy hat and the girls. And she came out and she explained herself. Basically, she said, I am the greatest to ever do it. I opened doors well over 20 years ago. None of you cared about women's wrestling until I showed up and changed the game. There was no Lita and me, just, just, just me, not we. I did that. I main evented Monday Night Raw back in December 2004. I laid the foundation for the four horsewomen in WWE to main event WrestleMania. I didn't get a thank you from Becky or Charlotte Aranda back in 2019. I deserve to thank you, Trish Chant, for making all of this possible. I am the revolution, actually. And she is no sidekick. She's not your childhood fantasy. She is not a nostalgia act. She is simply the greatest to ever do it. And according to her, the single most important figure in the history of WWE, surpassing the creator, Vince Sr. and Vince Jr., she is a singular most influential figure in the history of this business. And she wanted to let Becky Lynch know that she's that bitch. Plain and simple, that if it wasn't for me, there'd be no you. Bow down, kiss the ring, and respect me. And the delivery was so-so. I like the context and the confidence as she got into the group of things. The one thing I didn't like was the fake piped-in crowd noise that was super obvious, like we're doing a little bit too much, like the fans boo organically. Maybe they was lacking a little bit of heat. But her delivery was all right. I've seen her cut better promos when she's in the zone in the pocket. As she gets more comfortable, I'm sure she'll deliver that fire promo that can really send things over the top. But the key moving forward will be Becky Lynch with the rebuttal as they go back and forth, throwing shade. That's going to be the key to make me care about this match heading into presumably SummerSlam in Detroit in a few months' time. But Scott, your take on Tristratus explaining herself this past Monday on Raw as to why she attacked Becky Lynch and Lita a couple of weeks ago. I thought the trio was great out there. Um, <laughs> you know, I <laughs> I thought the, the promo was fantastic. I thought the, the twins looked good. Uh, you know, it's just a, it's a, it's a it was a great trinity that was out there. Full power. Um, <laughs> you know, I... And I agree with you. They didn't need, if you wanted to just keep it silent, you could add, that could have added to the moment. That's where the announcers come in afterwards and go, look at how Trish has just left the WWE audience in silence and awe at the, at the nasty things that she said about them. That's all the, that's all the announcers would have to do to cover up for the audience, not talking, not, you know, not responding the way they wanted to, because I'm sure there are people booing and maybe not to their levels, but you can play that off. And that's just such an easy thing to do. But I thought the promo was really good. I thought she looked great. Love the cowboy hat. And I love how she got more fired up and the jacket slowly started to roll off. She did the little mic drop. I thought the material was really good. My only concern is I agree with what you said about the fire she does not have that same fire. Like I thought everything about the promo was good except the fire because as, if there's one thing that Becky Lynch does have in abundance, it's fire. Like that, 
that is a fiery redhead. Let me tell you, full of it. And Trish is going to have to match that. One of my favorite Trish Hill moments was back in 2005. And she was feuding with Chris Hemme for the women's championship at WrestleMania 21 in LA, crazily enough. And I want people to find that segment of Monday Night Raw when Christy Hemme was on the cover of Playboy and Trish crashed her ceremony and she had this spray can and she basically read her saying, nope, honey, you're not a champion. We're going to just erase that right here. That's not true. And then she kicked her in the head. She broke her heel and she said, your head is so thick. You broke my heel, girl. And she proceeded to beat her ass, spray paint. Can't say what she said in this context for this day and age, but that is a Trish I need for this few to really pop off. She can't be as monotone, but if she gets the confidence in there, she's got it. Cause Becky's got confidence in spades. She's going to throw you a curveball, and you got to catch it. And that's going to be the way this feed is going to flow in terms of content and promo work and how they brawl when the time calls for it. So it's going to be the material and the delivery that's going to make me care in the next few months or so. Yeah, I, I, you know, if the if the material stays the same, I think they're in a good place. You know, I, I just think she's just got to get that, or it, she just needs another real solid beat down. Or, you know, if if Bianca hadn't cut Becky's hair a year ago, I would say she should cut Becky's hair, or do something kind of dastardly like that. But yeah, I, you know, she's just gonna have to match Becky Lynch in her own way. You know, maybe it doesn't have to be this fiery promo. But it could be, like you said, a, a fiery beatdown where she's just talking smack and talking good trash to her. So there's going to have to be a moment where Trish not only matches, but has to outdo the fire that Becky Lynch shows. So she can counter that in the ring with the match. And that's when she can match that fire and really kind of extinguish it and engulf it in her own. Yes. And as we're covering this show, LeBron James is down. Down goes James. Down goes James. <laughs> I'm over down. here giving a, I'm giving a verbal rant. Next thing I look over and LeBron's holding this crotch. So what the <laughs> heck is going on? <laughs> well, upon instant replay, he was bound and he just fell over. This is a non-contact situation. So he just pulled a hand. He just pulled his groin. I think I punched in the nuts. Upon further review. He got punched. Dylan Brooks punched him. Oh, Ooh. Dylan Brooks is... That's clearly dirty. Oh, he punched him right in the balls. Yeah, he punched him. Damn, no wonder he hurting. He gone. Got to All right. Go. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away. Specifically, the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
All okay. Right. So because this- <laughs> I'm gonna go on a whole thing. <laughs> all right, all right. We live, baby, live. But yeah, so she's she, yeah. Any, go ahead. Okay. So the beauty of the show, watching basketball in real time, we get to cover these situations. We got groin punches happening here, and I know homie's getting ejected immediately. So we're gonna try to refocus get back in the groove of things and dive into our next topic for Monday Night Raw, which is our main event. It was the Judgment Day. Finn Balor, Dominic Mysterio, and Damian Priest versus Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, the undisputed WWE Tag Team Champions, and Matt Riddle. And this was a very fun matchup and Rhea Ripley is a boss out there. She clotheslined Kevin Owens behind the referee's back. And it was very entertaining for her causing trouble. And the referee eventually sees her and he ejects her from the ringside area. And then we have like this parade of finishes from all six guys in the ring. You love the content. A lot of fun. We had the LWO come out there to make the save as KO and Sami Zayn put the hurt on Finn Balor, hit the powerbomb, haluva kick combination for the one, two, three, and Riddle lands the floating bro as well for the victory. After the match is over, it's Faction Wars 2023, the OWO, the Bloodline. We got the Judgment Day. We have KO, Sami Zayn, and Matt Riddle delivering the business, and it's a fun brawl, and I love the aspect of these factions feuding, and I know the draft is going down this week. I hope that most of these factions stay together, but all in all, I really enjoyed the end of Monday Night Raw and this brokered agreement between the Judgment Day and the Bloodline did not bear fruit because nobody got the job done except Solo beating Rey Mysterio at the top of last week's show. Yeah, I, again, like I mentioned earlier, I, I love that the the whole villain mentality, that, you know, we have a common enemy. I also like the little touch that Solo was the only person to get the job done. I I think that's a nice little touch. Again, they've done a great job with Solo. Um, Rhea Ripley's a problem. Uh, you know, I, I feel like they're almost building to a point where somebody is just going to like body slam or power bomb her through a table. Because the way she is just manhandling everyone that she comes in contact with, I love it. I'm here for it because it just it makes her when she's having these women's matches. It's like, oh my god, what is she going to do to them? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so it's I, I love what they've done with that. And one other thing I've noticed with Judgment Day, subtly, they have slowly started to make Damian Priest more so kind of the centerpiece. I know Rhea is the central figure, and she is the she is the killer of the group. She's the one that she's the one that you sick on somebody like Solo. You you see the stereotype. You see the two the two head assassins looking at each other like, yeah, you're the one. You're the one. But they've really been putting Damien at the forefront. He's really kind of been doing a lot of the talking, doing the negotiating. He was the one Paul Heyman was you know friendly with. Hey, how are you doing? I'm Paul Heyman, Damien, Mr. Priest. I wonder if that's intentional. Finn Balor has been taking losses here lately. Damian Priest has been winning matches lately. Like I, I wonder if there is something to that. And you know, when Damian Priest won his, there's a they, when they had a tag match in the last match they had, they won. Damian Priest won that match and was kind of looking at Finn like, "Yo, let's you got to get it together." Pulled his hand up and just kind of left him in the ring. So. I wonder if there's something to Damian kind of taking more of a leadership role while Finn is taking more losses. 
I've noticed that too. Priest has been whacking up a lot of wins lately post WrestleMania season and having that presence of being possibly the new leader in some ways, it stands out a bit more in a good way. And I always saw that for him on the main roster at a very shaky start. We're not going to get into a split personality that irked the hell out of me, but him being a part of judgment day gives him the stoicism and coolness that will get him over as a villain in the best possible way. And he's showcased perfectly. He has a deep broody voice. He's very talented in the ring and that's being played up in a good way. And he's getting good heat because of it. So I do see that pivot recently of Damian priest being the centerpiece alongside Rhea Ripley and Finn Balor eating more losses as of late as well. So I like that for him because, Hey, we got backlash of Puerto Rico. We have this dynamic tag team match. Priest is involved. I believe team with Finn Balor against Rey Mysterio and Bad Bunny. That's going to be box office. That's going to be a draw heading into that pay-per-view or PLE. And to be a centerpiece in that moment is going to be everything for him. And hopefully carries a momentum post WWE draft as well. Yeah, and I think that must be what they're building for. Is for you know again they're doing a lot for the draft. Uh, they're building up Damian. I wonder if he gets separated or, you know, you've talked about Dominic getting separated and taking over the LWO. So um, I just think that it's just something that I I really noticed this week specifically because Damien was the guy doing the talking. He was the guy that kind of stepped forward first when the entrance happened and just little things like that. Little notes, and we have to remember that Triple H is still in charge, and he is a Damien Priest stand. Good taste, by the way. So if he's getting the push, I'm not mad at it. Me either. As long as he doesn't bring back his um, split personality, the bad seed, whatever that was, a couple of years ago. Oh, you mean Damien and the priest? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you wanted a cinematic match at WrestleMania involving Damien, the priest, and Finn, and the demon. And you know what? That might be that is the final chapter in the implosion of Judgment Day. A fatal four way for control of the entire group. Damien versus the priest versus Finn versus the demon. That is sick. With Dominic and Rhea in a cage hanging above the ring. You're sick for that. Winner gets the key and has to climb a ladder to let them out. Oh, my God. Okay, let's stop right now. Let's stop this because now you're taking it too far. Sounds like a Vince Russo mind trip. On acid. (laughs) And I don't want any of that. (laughs) Not at all. (laughs) As we continue with our mock draft, Scott, it's your turn now. Pick number three for Friday Night Smackdown. So pick number three, I am... You know, we just talked about them. I'm going to take that group um, as one of my tag teams. I'm going to take Judgment Day as well. I like that pick. Very, very much. Fine pick. I will pick for Monday Night Raw a tag team as well, a faction, so to speak. Because if we do break up Judgment Day, potentially, Dom needs a crew to run. So I'm going to elect... The LWO to move on over to Monday Night Raw. That's a good pick. Um, you know, I, I feel like Ray's over there a lot anyway, so that works out good. And I needed Judgment Day with Rhea, with Mommy. So this is a, and so Dom's definitely not leaving. Definitely can't have Dom leaving now. Oh, no. No, 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 no. But good separation makes sense. 
storyline to kind of keep things balanced as we would dive back to the draft momentarily as we dive into our favorite show, NXT. Am I lying? Yes, it is not our favorite show, but we try every Tuesday night to watch and to find good things and also read accordingly. As I get to a good thing from NXT this past Tuesday, it was a three-way match for the NXT tag team titles involving Gallus. We had the Creed brothers and we had the dyad in the ring. We had Rip, Rip Fowler and Jagger Reed who still have jobs here, even though they wanted to leave post in and deliver, but they put in that work nonetheless. But this was all about to me, Julius Creed being an absolute freak of nature, doing vertical leaps on the rope, doing moonsaults clean as hell, double suplexing people, just putting on a show. And this guy, I truly firmly believe, has got next. His ability to connect with the people, his innate style of wrestling, which is so unique. He's got hops for days. His technique is smooth. He's still green in areas, but you can see he's put in the gym work, obviously, and he's improved dramatically in the last year and a half. And I do sense he's got a very bright future as a single star with more experience, of course. And even his brother Brutus was killing it this past Tuesday as well. Had a spot where he was suplexing somebody while he had somebody in the submission hold. And he looked better than usual as well. And if we're going to have them together still as a tag team, he's got to keep up with his brother. And he's done so by, while also improving his physique and being able to get better in spots because it was kind of rough at set and deliver a few weeks ago. He was a weak point in that match, but he made up for it here via this triple threat for the tag team titles. The Creed brothers at one point had this match won, but we had some dyad interference courtesy of Ava rain as Ivy now was knocked down courtesy of Jagger Reed. And that led to Gallus beating Brutus to retain the tag team titles. But I thought this was a very good way to kick off NXT with Julius Creed for me being the highlight. Yeah, this was a really fun six, uh, well, three-way tag match. Uh, I thought the Creed brothers looked really good. Gallus is just, they bring something different to the table. They hit different. They feel different. Um, you know, and the grizzled young veterans is what I'm going to call them because that's who they are to me. Um, they're a good tag team. They they do what they're supposed to do. They sell well. They're good. But, yeah, this was all about, this honestly did feel like a Julius showcase. Like, and let me ask you a question, Keila. I, like, I, I know this dude likes to show off and like show out and show off, but does he have to kip up after every single suplex that he does? This dude was literally kipping up after every suplex, not saying it was not impressive or cool, but it was like, dang, dude, is this a workout or are you wrestling? Like, what you doing? Are you working out or are you wrestling? Like, let me, let, let me know, because now it's just looking like you're doing reps, okay? Now it looks like you're tossing these dudes like bags and you're just doing reps. Again, that's not a bad thing. It's just, you know, he makes these, he makes this stuff just kind of look effortless. The way he just, he, the way he gets to the top rope is very Shelton-like. Like, the ease at which he can get to that top rope is Shelton-like. And then combine it with the power. I mean, real talk, he... He reminds me a lot of Shelton as mm-hmm. far as just the athletic ability combined with the power and just he just seems to get it. It just seems to be very easy to him. He's got great fire. Um, yeah, I, I think Julius is a, is a star and Brutus is no slouch. Like you said, he definitely held his own and did his thing. But 
I think Julius is kind of a can't miss guy. I think he needs another year in NXT, maybe to be a singles guy and not be just be working beside his brother and see how that works. But he, as far as in ring, he's got just about everything you could ask for. The tools, the charisma, he can talk and the kip ups. I noticed him at stand and deliver earlier this month. Like his stamina is insane. Like, okay, show off. Every time we do a suplex, let me kip up. Suplex, kip up, suplex, kip up, suplex, kip up. And it's just easy for him, which is scary. He's very confident in what he can do, and I respect him for it. It's extra, but it's his thing. If you can do it, do it well, and he does it like nobody else. And he is going to be a force to be reckoned with in WWE. He does remind me a lot of Shelton Benjamin as well, who I loved back in the day. One of my faves, and that is very high praise for him to be on that level of a Shelton Benjamin that can go at a very high level and make a difference on the main roster and win championships along the way. And I truly believe the sky is the limit for Julius Creed and you got Daniel Cormier as a guy that vouches for you that coaches you up that's elite shit and that's someone that's going to definitely up his confidence and tell him what he can get better at to be a more complete performer in WWE but Julius he's got next for me and as you already know unlimited cheddar biscuits at Red Lobster and I get it I can I completely get it so yeah, Julie, Julius is that guy. Um, I think they're going to, whenever they get called up, they're going to be so different because they, like, you know, Viking Raiders are supposed to be that, but the, when the Creed brothers come up and start laying these dudes out and they see Julius, like that that audience sees Julius for the first time doing this stuff and just doing it with ease, I think they're gonna, just going to gravitate to him. Like I, I see him catching on really quickly. Me too. It's very good for him. And crazily enough, one of their better matches was against the Viking Raiders on NXT a few months ago. Good point. So good point. The vision is there. So good luck to Julius. Whatever happens, happens. But he's definitely got something to offer to WWE moving forward as we move on to Scott's favorite storyline, I do believe. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and tell you. I I do not care. <laughs> I, I, I do I do not care about little big towns breakup. Okay, I don't I don't I don't even know what to call them now. Now I got to find a new name for these two for these four. Now now wait a minute, Scott. Now you're supposed to offer <sighs> your insight into this heartbreaking breakup of little big town because <laughs> is that what it is? Heartbreaking. I mean, for me, it's heartbreaking because I had hope for this shit. And then it just went down the tubes. And Brooks Jensen is a simp. He is a cult for Kiana James. He elevates his wardrobe to get fucked around, basically, by someone who's going to be your side piece indefinitely. Good for you, by the way. So I'm just mad at Walker HBK because it was right there. You had Josh Briggs as the other guy. Okay? He was right there. But oh no, let's have this fictitious Sebastian, who we never see on camera, be the one that Kiana sees on the side. And then she says, well, I date around, but then I found you, Brooks. And all of a sudden I realized you were it for me. And Fallon Henley, she's been a saboteur, crashing Valentine Day's dates and all that kind of shit and breaking into her office or being a heel in the camera crew, participating in break-ins and stuff. So all of this has been really, really bad. 
But what is egregious for me above everything else is the acting. The <sighs> acting is atrocious. I tried to give this grace. For a time, I love this storyline, but it has jumped the shark and the acting is so after school special. It makes Save by the Bell look like Game of Thrones. <laughs> I, what do you want me to add to that? What do you want me to add to that about this? Like, this is you because you got it right. They had it right there. Then they thought Jay White was going to come. So they were like, yeah, we're going to change his name to Sebastian. <laughs> He's going to be the love interest. All right. So that didn't happen. So they were like, oh, I guess, <laughs> I guess we'll just make something like what come on man like why wouldn't you just make it like big body javi yes you know what i mean like big body's right there he's a good looking guy you i could believe that that's 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 very believable um who why not make it grayson waller like there's so many people you could do it with like i i don't know big body's there grayson's there there's tons of guys there there's there's tons of girls there Yes. You could do how you could you could do whatever you want, exactly. But you could have you could have did something. Sebastian could have been Sebastian could have just been the name you had in the phone for whoever it was. Yes, like, could have been. I could have been Wendy Chu. It could have been Wendy Chu sleeping somewhere, waiting <laughs> on the call, <laughs> waiting on the call to wake up. Yes. <laughs> oh my God, with her tumbler, like, hey, baby, you calling me? Something, anything would be better than this hell duke hudson we know he can kiss we know that he's got that on yeah. lockdown yeah we know he likes to have sex on screen so you know <laughs> him and kiana would be perfect for each other I nobody mean, forgot about him and parada turning this into sexy hours after nine o'clock yeah i felt uncomfortable watching him like damn he got skills though because everybody can't do it like that dude got skills he does <laughs> He does. I ain't gonna lie. And then she was trying to buy Chase UC co-option. Perfect. But they forgot oh about that gosh. too. Right. No, no, you're you're you are absolutely right. Like that's the storyline right there. Like because you you said it. I think you've been you've been saying it for weeks and they didn't do it, but you said it like a couple of weeks ago. This dude buys into buying Chase U and it's him and Kiana, and they're just like the power couple of NXT. They're in charge of Chase U. They've got the bar, they've got everything. Like it was right there. So now they just have this terrible storyline and we're gonna probably going to get a really bad mixed tag match. It's not going to be pretty. And the setup was so bad too. The acting was so awful. Yeehaw, bitch. <laughs> Yo, I mean, like, come on, man. I am i don't want to, I, I have, I have literally nothing else to say about this. Like, ye, first of all, Walker HBK ought to be ashamed of himself. Okay. <laughs> he he knows, but you ain't never heard nobody on Walker, Texas Ranger say that. So why would he think that would be okay for this cowgirl to say here? Now, see, the first time she said it was cool, but now it just sounds so bad and corny. And they have this bar that's dilapidated and she wanted to hold on to this shit. I would have cashed out. A long time ago. And she wants Brooks in his rat tail self. I feel like it's about to turn. Like, did, 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 like, did Shawn Michaels watch Coyote Ugly or something when he was coming up with this storyline? <laughs> and he, and like, 
it's like I just don't understand the inspiration behind it. Was he watching Yellowstone and he saw the cowboys and stuff? And he was like, "This is it. This is what I want to do." Like, it's just I don't know, man. This is insulting to all the shows and movies you just described. You're right because I did it when I was when I was younger. When Coyote Ugly came out, I did enjoy that movie. It's terrible, but I enjoyed it when I was younger. It is a fun cult classic. No lie. Far superior than whatever the hell little big town is at this point. I'm the the so real done. band, the real band or this or the or the one on TV? The one on TV. Okay. okay. Bootleg <laughs> little big town. Okay. Because okay. I was gonna say the real band is real band solid. Solid country yeah. group. Respect, respect to the real little big town. But fishing game, no doubt. building stream, bass pro shops. <laughs> Books and done. Baz Pro Shops. <laughs> I'm so done with them. Oh I like God. Josh Briggs as a performer. I do enjoy him, but this has got to stop. Post haste. Baz Pro Shops. That was good. That's that's one that's going to stay around. I could not resist. But after trashing such trash. Let's get back to our mock draft, shall we? Your fourth pick, Scott, for the draft. Uh, let me go ahead and take a lady off the board, just in case you were planning on taking her. Um, I am going to have to make a slight pivot since I can't have EO Sky. Uh, I need that Joshi flavor in my life, so I'm going to take Asuka. A good pick. I respect that pick. You stand on that pick. I appreciate that pick. For myself, my next pick in the 2023 mock draft for WWE, I select Montez Ford. Oh, you did it again. So, oh, did I? There's that. That's all right. Oh, I'm sorry. He wasn't my next pick. He was my last pick, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. I have backups. I pat myself on the back again. I sabotage another pick. It's fine. Amy. He's got to go back in the war room and talk to Cletus the robot for strategy. Yeah, well, me, uh, while, while Cletus is over there running the numbers, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he'll send me a text when he's got his pick in. Oh my God. All right. Well, as Scott's re-strategizing. Let's dive into Friday Night Smackdown on Fox going down a couple of days ago from the Ohio State University. And we're going to dive in by talking about how Santos Escobar needs a win. So, Scott, I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago right here on The Wrap, that I like the potential of the LWO. Zelina Vega is going to get a title shot against Rhea Ripley for the Smackdown Women's Championship in Puerto Rico for Backlash. I like Cruz del Toro and Joaquin Wilde. I like Santos Escobar a lot. Extremely talented. But I have noticed a trend as of late that no matter the situation, whether he has the numbers advantage or not, he finds a way to lose matches 
to Damien Priest or other members of Judgment Day for reasons. And even on Friday Night SmackDown, free from distractions, you have the upper hand, but he misses the blind tag by Finn Balor to Damien Priest, and he gets hit with South of Heaven for the loss again and it's leading to my suspicions that there is a thread and a trend of this guy eating losses for his team over and over and over again in the name of Rey Mysterio and that one day very soon Santos is going to snap on Rey their feud and then Dominic Mysterio as we think will lead the LWO when it's all said and done that's my answer at this point because why is this guy losing constantly i know it's about building up priest for backlash against bad bunny totally get that but it's being pronounced more and more by the week and it better have a payoff of him turning heel even though i love him as a baby face right now yeah i you know for me i just don't see them i mean i just that's their role you know right now that's what they need to do, they have to take L's. Well, you would think they have to take L's for Rey Mysterio, but then I say that Rey Mysterio just took an L himself, so it's not like the leader is winning either. Um, yeah, you know, this has to be leading to a turn. I've I've said for a while that, you know, I said this about L.A. Knight, I think last week or the week before, him doing all this losing makes me think that he's shifting brands. I can't really say that about LWO because they've been on both brands, so who knows which one they're on. I think they're on SmackDown, so I could see them shifting to Raw too, but ultimately i think it has to lead to the turn you know it has to lead to dominic taking over or it has to lead to lwo joining the judgment and them just becoming this legit mob i mean it's just a a, a hound of people um you know i don't know if you could do that you kind of dilute the judgment day which is a nice thing going so i don't know what you do with that are you know i think santos escobar is way too good to be wasted you know taking all these losses, especially when you have a tag team who could be taking these losses instead. Like, why wouldn't you just have Legato as a tag team right there in that match instead of Santos and Ray so they could take that loss? Just little things like that. Low keys. And that is the thing that's kind of missing for me right now. And I totally understand you got to build up other tag teams at the moment, but my God, the losses he's eating right now is a lot and hopefully can overcome it in the weeks to come but i do sense a heel turn coming imminently and ray is going to get the smoke because of it and dominic's going to infiltrate the lwo take it over that's just my gut feeling about this nothing is done without intention when it comes to this storyline right now and at least lwo merch looks clean as fuck yeah that 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 uh red white and blue one is is pretty sweet yes so hey the fashion is on point for the OWO. No doubt about it. As we move on to, for me, the best match that went down this past Friday on SmackDown, it was Gunther versus Xavier Woods for the Intercontinental Championship. But we knew that Xavier Woods didn't have a prayer against Gunther, but he gave it a hell of a fight. He got chopped early on. He was just getting bodied by Gunther, who is amazing in every way. And he has had a prolific run as champion, will continue to do so post-WWE draft, I do believe. But Xavier Woods had the crowd going to various points, wiping out Gunther with a dive on the outside with an elbow and leg drop as well for a very close near fall. The crucifix bomb was a great tease for a near fall as well. But ultimately, Gunther is going to regain control, and he is going to take out Xavier Woods with a sleeper. 
to retain the championship, which is a rare finish for Gunther, but that shows variety that he can beat you via a power bomb. He can beat you via his side slam. He can beat you via a sleeper. He's got ways to take out his opponents and Friday night was no exception. Best match of the night. And both guys worked really well together. Could use a couple of more minutes before what they did. It was really strong. And Xavier Woods once again proves that when given the opportunity, he's a very good singles wrestler. And I hope that's showcased a bit more post WWE draft when Kofi is still recovering from his injury. Yeah, I, uh, I, I agree with you. And we know little things do a lot for me. So last week, Xavier Woods won with the leg drop this week. He hits the leg drop for a really good near fall him winning visual, the seeing the visual of him winning with the leg drop added to that us seeing the visual of him putting Xavier Woods to sleep with the sleeper is going to add to it. So when he puts that on late in the match, against a big-time opponent, oh, why? hey, he might put him to sleep. So <clears throat> really good match. Excuse me. Really good match. Um, really enjoyed Xavier Woods as a singles. I hope they continue this push. I think there's something there. The crowd is absolutely invested in him. He's got the promo ability. He's got the New Day, uh, you know, he's got the New Day prestige to him to the point where he, you know, he's somebody not to be toyed with. He's king of the ring. So I, I hope this singles push continues for him. Gunther is still arguably the best, uh, one of the best guys going in wrestling, period. Just the caliber of matches that he constantly puts on. I don't think, and correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think he's had a bad title match in this reign. And um, that's a testament to him. Not a one. Even Mad Cat Moss was a good match. Right, right. We've had Sheamus. We've had Shinsuke Nakamura. We've had Ricochet a couple of times. Xavier Woods. Braun Strowman. That was a match as well. Great, great match. One of my favorites. Me too. So this guy has had no misses as IFC champion. His power to make you really care about his TV matches when he has them. And he is, to me, a force to be reckoned with. So good. And I truly believe he is going to be a big-time star when the draft takes place, top pick, in my opinion, he's got what it takes to reach world heavyweight championship status in the next year or two. I, you know, I, I agree with you. And let me tell you, if it's possible, if, you know, I, I, I don't know, man, I, I kind of want the rain to go like, but how do you keep the rain without him taking an L to get elevated to the title picture? So it's, it's all interesting. I, I, am, I am curious to see where he goes in the draft because I think that'll be very telling about what the future holds for him. Exactly. And you know the one person I want to beat him is Seamus. Mm -hmm. It's the only answer I will accept because I want my guy to win his first ever IC championship before he retires. Can we please make it happen? Please. And, you know, for me, if it's not going to be Seamus, then it needs to be somebody who can really use the win and really be elevated. Like Sheamus is the best is the best story you have for the IC title period, especially with Gunther. No question about that. That is the best story you have. You know, we've already seen WD doesn't care about finishing stories. Uh just ask Cody Luther. But if you wanna <laughs> wait if a you minute. Wanna... <laughs> Pause time out on the play, you shady little thing. You think Listen. I was not gonna clock you for that. You know I'm a big Cody fan. You know I you know I, you know I ride for Cody. You know what I'm saying? Cody Luther King all day. The only guy who can uh 
come to, you know, the SCLC meetings, Southern Christian Leadership Conference meetings. <laughs> if you know, you know. Um, the only person who could come to those. Uh, and, you know, has an automatic invite to the cookout and all that good stuff. But, uh, yeah, if there's one thing he else he knows about, it's not finishing his own story. Not the SCLC. Not the SC, not the SCLC conference. If we're going to call that man Cody Luther King, we're going to let him have all of what Martin Luther brought to the table. You feel me? <laughs> oh, my God. You are. If you know, you know. <laughs> the fact we know too well. This man's leading the conference. I'm just saying. At Pascal's in Atlanta, Northside Drive. I know the spot we can have those meetings you know, at. You know. You know. Got collard greens and fried chicken, cornbread, ribs, sweet don't let tea. Somebody act, don't let somebody act funny because Brandy just waiting to go off on somebody. <laughs> Why are you staring at my husband like that? Just waiting. She's waiting. Like, how dare you look at him and cast your eyes? He's trying to change the world. But like I was, but but like I was saying, um, yeah. You know, if it's not somebody, I would say if it's not going to be Sheamus, I would say you move Montez Ford over to SmackDown, and I would build him up to take that title from him because he. You want to talk about a big singles victory to really propel your singles career? I don't think you could do anything bigger outside of beating Roman Reigns than beating Gunther right now. Exactly. That is how you really cement yourself as someone that has, that has next to either complete a career accomplishment or you find a way to be the next guy up. And that should be the goal of Gunther's title reign to make somebody or establish somebody who's already been in the game for a very long time. And that's going to be the most interesting part about him dropping that title whenever that day comes. But love the match between Gunther and Xavier Woods this past Friday on SmackDown as we continue the mock WWE draft. Scott, pick number five goes to. So uh, with my next pick, um, I am going to take another tag team, but I am going to take the best women's tag team in WWE. I am going to take Casey and JoJo and bring them on up to the main roster. Um, I need a real tag team in the women's division, so why not have them on SmackDown? You know what, Scott? I would actually find a way to hug you right now if I could. Because you've come such a long way. Because at one time, you had zero care for Casey and JoJo. And now they're in your top 10. Look at God. Hey, listen, I... I, you know, I'm not their biggest fan, but I will not deny the work that they've put in. They've absolutely gotten better. They are a good team. Like they, they do double team moves. They worked. You could tell they work together, you know, and the women's division needs that. I honestly think the main roster would react pretty well to some of their double team moves. I think so too. They are the most complete tag team for the women's division in WWE point blank period. And they can definitely elevate the scene. They need more tag teams, obviously, but that is the closest you got to lock solid that can give you what you need. That will be absolutely difference makers when given a fair opportunity, but WWE has got to care for the titles, the champions, the challengers and the division first. We'll see how it goes in due time, but a very good pick as for myself. My fifth pick 
goes to someone that I think can make an immediate impact on Monday Night Raw, a guy that can just go at a very high level. I want to call him up from NXT. My pick is Elio Dragunov. Hmm. You know, I mentioned Montez Ford beating Gunther. Let me tell you something. Imagine Dragunov beating Gunther his first night. Because you're going to see what they can do. Right. You know what you're going to get match quality wise. And you want to talk about bringing somebody up and they're like, who is this guy? Then by the end of the match, I'm saying, oh my God, who is this guy? Like, hey, man, I I love that pick. He's got great, great, great baby face fire. And he's so different from everybody else. Love that pick. Can you imagine Chad Gable versus Ilya Dragunov on a Monday Night Raw just randomly? Can you imagine Chad Gable walking up to him in the middle of the ring and going, shoosh! <laughs> <laughs> and then Dragunov just headbutting the hell out of that man. <laughs> I mean, right? Give me Dragunov and Bronson Reed. Oh, dragging off and Rollins. Oh, just I, I, I think that's a great pick. I, you know, while we're talking about him, I do, and I know we don't want to spend, I don't want to spend a lot of time on the draft picks, but I do wonder, like, how do you bring him up? Like, WWE is just not going to bring somebody up and just let them have good matches. That's just not what they do, and that's kind of not what their audience responds to. How do you bring him up? Like, what kind of is the story that you bring him up with? Do you bring him up as just this great wrestler from NXT UK who's making his name and then he just starts getting beat down by somebody who's jealous? Or is there some type of storyline thread that you can tell to bring him up? I think you got to give him a good storyline thread. And the thing with Dragunov that I like is he's got swag. He's got charisma. He's got something about him that stands out. He's got to give him a good story, a good backstory to really engage him with the people because you just can't throw anybody out there cold. But if you give him a little something, give him some promo, let him talk because he's very engaging as a speaker. He's got presence, which everybody doesn't have in this business. And I think that that will get him to be over with the people besides his wrestling, which is going to automatically open people's eyes. But you got to add that personality to which he has, but you marry the two together with some good promo and promotion. I think you got a star. Yeah. I, 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 I would love to see just how the fans would react to him. Just how crazy he can get in the ring. Just the ball of energy that he is. When he hits that flying headbutt for a finisher and people are like, oh my God, what is this guy doing? He's just throwing himself like a torpedo. Like, I, I just, I think the reaction to him would be very interesting. I think so too. I always go back to Stand and Deliver earlier this month and how I thought he was MVP of that Fatal 5-Way for the North American Championship. And that was a crowd that was up very early in the morning, but he was the most engaging guy in that match. I cannot take my eyes off of him. So if you apply that to the main roster in WWE and give him that little shine and push, I don't see how you miss with him. He's really got something to engage the audience. This is a style that's relentless and he feeds off violence. He laughs in the face of violence at all times. And I just think that he would be absolutely amazing on the main roster. He's got something that very few have. Yeah, that's a great pick. 
All right, so let's get back to Friday Night SmackDown on Fox. Our main event was Solo Sokoa versus Matt Riddle in a no disqualifications match. It was a bruising battle. We had chairs, we had kendo sticks, we had shots throughout this match, which I appreciated. But the one thing I did not appreciate, Scott, was the fact that Matt Riddle forgot what kind of match this was down the stretch. This was no disqualification. This was not last man standing. This was a way for you to pin Solo in the ring one, two, three. So he's got the man on the ropes. He does his offense and knee strikes, the suplexes. He's got the man on the ropes. And then he decides, well, you know what? Let me send Solo over the announce table and throw the announce table over Solo. Well, Matthew, my dear, you can't win the match that way. It's no disqualification. There are no count outs. So you're just standing there with this man covered over the announce table and lo and behold the uso says this dumbass has gave us an opening that we can exploit because it's no dq they come out there they beat his ass and like godzilla solo is going to rise from the announce table proceed to beat riddle with the samoan spike for the one two three so matt riddle you're back on the job for two weeks and you do dumb shit like this confusing a last man standing match for a no DQ match. How do you do that? You know, they're going to try to play it off and say that he was just trying to get revenge because that's what happened to him. You know, he had the table flipped over him, but it's like, come on, man. What are, what are we doing? I, I, I understand that you absolutely smoked an eighth of the bloodline pack before you went out there. <laughs> I absolutely understand that that's what happened and nobody's going to fault you for it. We get it. You know, that's your thing. It's cool. But... You know, don't get mad when you forget to how the match works. When you forget what match you're in, that's the side effects. That's what happens. So you're saying that he smoked a pack of the bloodline and forgot where he was. Not only that, he smoked a pack with the bloodline. (laughs) (laughs) They, they 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 had a nice blizzy before they went out for the match. They're so nice to share their supply with Riddle. Absolutely. And then afterwards, Sami Zayn's buying the whole team Waffle House. And breaking Jay in the process. (laughs) Jay's like, you know what? We had beef, but you know I love Waffle House. (laughs) With a big (laughs) grin on his face. (laughs) If you paying, I'm going. Right. I'll end the beef for two hours while we enjoy this meal. That would be Jay for real. Like, are we going to Waffle House? If you pay and I'm going, we're going to have a good time. We'll beef later. But I will say this for Jay. He can't help himself. I have noticed still that anytime that Sammy tries to talk to him during promos, he has a very difficult time keeping a straight face. You know, I, I think they must have a very genuine friendship outside of this you know because like you're absolutely right and and it's not just him jimmy jimmy's just breaking all the time and it's almost become part of his character where he's like i can just do it now i can just laugh i don't have to be serious when so solo just covers his mouth Mm -hmm. so that's that's what i've realized that solo's done when he starts cup rubbing his mouth you know but i i just think it just shows how great of a friendship they have and why they work so well together and why this storyline has worked so well to, so well is just because there's a real bond there and a, a real brotherhood. And so when they said, you know, you hurt me, you, you betrayed me, that, that, that probably they were probably tapping into something real there. So 
I, I enjoy any type of any of their interactions. It's the best. And Sammy is also trying to keep it together, trying to cut these serious promos. But you can tell they really have a deep level of love and respect for each other. And it's not easy having this beef. That's why I want them to be friends again on camera desperately, because I do love their friendship on camera and off apparently as well, because they barely keep it together because Jay folks fast and he has that smile of him trying not to break, but he can't help it. And those are some of the best moments of the last year with the storyline anyway. So keep it going. Yes, I love it. The memories of Roman basically telling, hey, Jay, it's too late. Come mm-mm. look at the camera. Hey, come here. One of my favorite all time moments in WWE when Sammy broke everyone. I want those days back desperately very, very soon as we wrap the show with the rest of our picks for the 2023 mock WWE draft. Scott, pick number six for Friday Night SmackDown goes to. So I've I've taken my three tag teams. Um, I'm going to take another uh, women's wrestler because I want to make sure I get this women's wrestler. Uh, This is somebody that we've highly praised and I think – can legit be the top babyface in the entire company, male or female, uh, when she really gets into her prime, which could be another 10 years. And that's Roxanne Perez. Damn you. She was in my head. So you stole one. About time. (laughs) I I got you two times. You needed one. Congratulations. I will give you that one. A good pick, by the way. I think that she's going to absolutely be a game changer on the main roster, and she's only going to get better. She reminds me a lot of Sasha Banks in terms of her being a prodigy in her early 20s, and she's only going to get better and better and better as the years go on. As I make my next pick, also diving back into the women's division, someone else we've also touted very highly on the show time and time again. I want her to get the monster push. I want her to be a focal point in the women's division moving forward. I want Piper Nevin to get the push in 2023. Yeah, that's a a good pick. That's somebody who we've both been very high on, and we really just want more for – I want more for Piper to – you know, to just be a single star instead of just being Bianca Belair's single most impressive physical feat. Exactly. That's the thing for me as well. And they're great moments, but I need more from her than that. And she sells a KOD like nobody's business, but I think that she has way more value as being a beast in the ring we need be. So Scott, pick number seven. So my next pick, going back to the male side, I'm also... Uh, I need a I need a monster. I I think everything you said about Piper, I'm going to apply everything you said and add that I think this guy um, could legit be a monster champion that you really just bring people up and you knock them down with. I got Bronson Reed as my next pick. Damn, that's a good pick. Solid pick. He's also a guy I like a lot. Talented as hell. Scott next in a lot of ways. Fine pick for SmackDown. My pick, my seventh pick in the mock WWE draft. Going to go on my tag team bag. They might not be ready yet, but I like their raw potential. And I already got this guy, Unlimited Biscuits at Red Lobster. Call it up the Creed Brothers. Yeah. I mean, you can't you can't go wrong with that pick. It's a, like I said, Julius is a, a star, so... You got something. Give me Julius versus Chad Gable. 
I mean, that's that's the call up right there. Mm-hmm. That's the natural call up right there. They're the newest recruits in the Alpha Academy. Mm. The oh, the combination would be everything. I'm living. Scott, your pick. And side note, I would also bring Ivy up with them too. She didn't have to. She can keep wrestling on level up, and she can be on the main roster looking powerful and like a beast. Um, my next pick, I am going to take my my final uh, my final women's wrestler, and I'm also going to dive into NXT and somebody else who is not ready, but I think the only way she's going to get ready is to work with better wrestlers, and I don't think there's anybody in NXT that she's not as good or better than right now. So I'm calling up Tiffany Stratton. I like the pick. I think that road experience working with different talent weekly will get her better fast. I like her potential. She's a star. She's no longer a daddy's girl. She's won me over in the last year or so. And she's found her footing on NXT. Stay healthy. She definitely has the potential to be a standout in the women's division for years to come. For my next pick, I am going to go back in my tag team bag once again. And I am going to call to the table to join us on Monday Night Raw. The Alpha Academy. Makes complete sense, especially with the the pick of the Creed brothers beforehand. So uh, that makes complete sense. Yes. Your next pick, Scott. And for my final pick before I we do our surprise pick, uh, my final pick is going to be another NXT call up. I think uh, you know I think we were all surprised he wasn't called up. I'm I'm taking Braun Breaker. I, I need somebody who I can build around for the next fifteen to twenty years, and Braun is that guy. Definitely, we've talked very highly of him on this show on numerous occasions. Think he's at a plateau in NXT in the last six months or so. Needs a fresh change of scenery. The main roster would do that for him. And I think he has what it takes to be a WrestleMania main eventer in the next two to three years for sure. My final pick on the single side before we do our surprise picks at the end, I'm also going to do another NXT call up. This guy has proven to me he has what it takes to get over with the people via, via various excursions outside the PC. In the last few months, he is a current champion, but he'll drop it very soon. I am going to call up current NXT North American champion, Wesley. Hmm. That's interesting. That's, that's an interesting call up right there. I like him. I like him a lot. Charismatic and talented. So let me, let me ask you, cause you're calling him up. How do you, how do you debut him? Who do you debut him against? Ooh. Let me think about this. Um, give me Wesley versus Montez. Huh. That's an interesting first matchup right there. Montez on that heel tip a little bit, though. You know, there is absolutely something to Montez as a heel. I, you know, I've said it before. He's got something there for sure. I sense that too. You call him the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? I sense that. Crown him. And now it is time for the surprise picks of our draft, the 
oddball wild card that can make a splash. They can be a part-timer, a celebrity, someone from the UFC, Scott's dream scenario, somebody from AEW if a contract is due. <laughs> Scott, who's your surprise pick? So when I, you know, came up with the idea of doing the surprise pick, this was the first name that came to mind. And, you know, it was funny that, uh, Paul picked Nate Diaz because I'm also using somebody from the UFC who I think would be a natural fit. I think the promos, the promo game would just be great, and uh, I think he would. I think he would be a natural. My surprise is going to be Conor McGregor, who will be coming over to SmackDown. Um, why wouldn't Fox want Conor, Ronda, Roman, all on the same brand? I dig it. He's controversial as hell. He won't last past one show, though. Listen, all I need him for is one. (laughs) All I need him for is a SummerSlam or a WrestleMania. That's all I need him for. A good one-shot deal. That's it. That's it. He listen. Floyd came in and had a nice, a really fun match with Big Show, and was only there for like a month. That's all I need Connor to do. All right, so. Get ready for Proper 12 to be plastered all over the ringside area for his match. <laughs> Just want to let you proper know number right 12. now. Proper number 12. <laughs> now, now that's a drink. That's a drink that I bet you Brock will have with him. Brock didn't want that drink uh, MVP offering him, but he'll probably have some Proper 12. <laughs> oh, for sure. The crossover promotion of Proper 12 would be everything. So, yeah, prepare for that. At WrestleMania next year, just proper 12 everywhere on the barricades, in the ring potentially as well. Sponsorship galore for Conor McGregor for his one-shot deal in WWE. As for myself, this was picked upon by our members of the Fike Media family. And I'm going to lean towards one Logan Paul as my surprise pick for Monday Night Raw. He recently re-upped with WWE for more matches and... What I like about him, and it is very hard for me to like him, but he is extremely talented as a wrestler and he's won me over and he'll have respect for me because of that. But what I like about Logan Paul is the fact that he is very self-aware of, you know what? My match against at the WrestleMania, it wasn't the best. I could have worked on some things and I like that he wants to get better. He wants to reevaluate. He wants to find room for improvement. And I like that about him. He's always about what can I do to be better? What can I do to top myself? And that is a guy that's committed to this. And I respect him immensely. It is hard for me to like him, but I respect his hustle and his commitment, which is something that I do appreciate. Yeah, you can't go wrong with Logan Paul. Um, you know, like, we, like we've talked about, anyone who gets four stars out of the Miz is a keeper. So good pick. <laughs> I'm glad you give credit when it's due. Can't knock the man. The talent is is absolutely there. It's crazy. He's what five matches in, and he's just continues to blow my mind. And he'll do so for the next couple of years in WWE. I do believe. As we wrap up the mock WWE draft on the wrap, this was a lot of fun going through these picks. And you know what? We took a different slant. We didn't go for the big splashy names. We got through the top vet picks, but from there, we really had an eye for the future, which I like about the draft because that's what it's about to make sure that you are building up towards who's got next and WWE and not relying on the names has been there for a very long time. Cause it's been there, done that even though we love our vets, we love the up and comers as well. 
Yeah, and, you know, those are the people who are probably going to get picked, like, you know, the big, you know, flash in the names, like an edge, you know, names like that. I even expect Finn Balor to probably get drafted, like I was talking about earlier, and split up. But these are the people, you know, the picks that we made, and I feel the same way you do. I think the picks that we made are people who we genuinely feel like with a change of scenery, um, you know, especially like my Bronson Reed pick, the Tiffany Stratton, you know, you call them up. They need like Tiffany needs to, I've, always, I've said this for a while. She needs to work with better talent. And I just don't feel like anybody on NXT is that much better than her. And I could be wrong about that, but it just, when I'm watching the matches, like I don't see anybody who stands out like that, but if she goes to the main roster, there's going to be a jump and it's going to help her improve and keep improving. And the Bronson Reed, I just think he, he just needs a restart, a complete reboot, reset. And they've done a good job with him recently with this Lashley thing. But, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think the, the picks we made were more so about opportunities and what could be done with them. Yes, and I love that. We'll see how the actual draft goes. I want to see how the Triple H draft is laid out on Raw and SmackDown over the next couple of weeks. I want to see what the format's going to be. Is it going to be something that we can take seriously? Will this be like the NBA or NFL draft in terms of presentation, the thought process behind the picks and how they're laid out on television? So I'm very intrigued by it. I go back to the 2016 draft that reset the brands. And I like that draft. I like the fact it kind of built towards the future for both shows. It didn't last long. It was a glorious eight months, but that's how I kind of want things to be this go around to firmly establish the future and kind of get rid and, and kind of get people ready for title shots and pushes along the way. Yeah. And uh, especially with the rumors of AEW doing a hard, a hard split and, you know, just based off of what I've seen, I think Tony Khan's probably got a little bit more self-control with the split if he were to do it and do a hard one than WWE has shown, has shown in the past. So if you're going to do it, it's very important that you do this right because if you do this and you, you know, it doesn't mean anything in three weeks, AEW is going to make you look silly when they do it and do it right because they're going to make a point to do it right if they see you fumbling the ball. Yes, and for legality purposes, it might have to be a hard line draft for them to really separate their shows because it's a lot. They're trying to do a Saturday night show two hours live every Saturday. That's a gamble. And you're trying to establish two distinct rosters for Wednesday and Saturdays. And for WWE, as you said, Scott, you want this draft to be a hard line brand split that we do not want to see a whole lot of crossover on this show unless you are Roman Reigns or unless you are the Undisputed Tag Team Champions. You must be on your own show. We don't want to see any more crossovers. That is it after Backlash until next year's WrestleMania. Yeah, and I, I think, I hope we keep the one champion. I like having the one champion because it makes Gunther feel more important. It makes Austin Theory feel more important because those are the champions on the brand. I'm cool with the tag titles. I might split those back up, especially if you start calling some teams up from NXT. Like I, like we, you know, pretty deadly needs to be called up. There's no reason they're in NXT. Um, I even think Gallus is a team that could help for depth purposes on the main roster. But yeah, I like having the main, the one big title to go after, the one big final boss you have to conquer. I think that's great having one king on the throne. You have your titles on each show to separate them. You have your women's champions on each show, though. I hope, I hope that Bianca keeps it another year and Rhea keeps it a year and we're building to them two clashing for one champion that next year's WrestleMania, but that's a whole different pipe dream. 
So I, I like how we have it set up, but just I think one champion is is the best because it's made this title feel like the biggest prize. Absolutely. My one wish would probably be, can we get some new belt designs? Or bring some classics back. Yes. Winged Eagle. Hello, how you doing? Or Big Gold. Mm, You're not a fan of Big Gold. Man, we can keep Big Gold at the warehouse. Oh. So essentially you're saying keep that with top dollar when they ain't Keep that on hidden treasures. Yes. Keep that on top. And can we can we talk about how Michael Cole is throwing shade at Top Dollar on the video game? Can can we just talk about for a second? He made there's a comment that's made on the video game where he's like something about flying over the top. He's like, Yeah, well, you know, Top Dollar may not be able he can he can surely hit the ground and pound as he's not flying on the air or something like that. And I was like, dude, you do that on the video game? They got you recording that on the video game? Damn, Triple H is petty. Damn. Now that's cold. And that was a post edit too. He's a downloadable content guy. Damn. Michael. Cold-blooded. I wonder if you go off on Dominic in the game, too. That's a good question. I need to go play with Dominic Mysterio. I'm going to go for, I'm gonna go play one-on-one Dominic Mysterio versus Ray Mysterio, and I'm going to find out for sure. And find out if Michael goes off. And I have to point out Michael a couple of weeks ago on SmackDown. He was standing up, and he was just happy that Dom was getting his ass beat. Like, this man has unlimited hatred for Dominic Mysterio, and I love him for that. Well, I mean, I, I get it. Why wouldn't he? Exactly. You know, he's a he's a real father. Well, at least Ray finally gets some of those real father props from you now, too. You're right. You're right. Let me let me let me let me not renege on what I've been saying. I'm cool mm-hmm. with Ray. Me, me, Ray, we good. We good. My bad. Mm-hmm. Look, you trying to backslide a little bit because you knew like, hmm, did I really mean that? It felt good to roast him all these months. It did. I need I need a new target. <laughs> we'll find one after the draft, someone that will irritate you to no end. But until then, it's now time to pick our favorite match of the week across Raw, SmackDown, perhaps NXT, NXT Level Up, or Main Event to Scott, across the land in WWE. What is your match of the week? I mean, my favorite match by far was The Miz versus Seth Rollins. No question. Was it the best match? No. Um, but that was my favorite. So if I had to pick the best match... Man, I really enjoyed the six man from Raw. I, I thought uh, between Judgment Day, uh, Sammy, KO, and Riddle, I thought that was a lot of fun. I thought it was really good. Rhea has been such a force on the outside that there was a absolutely a strong chance of them beating Sammy, KO, and uh, Riddle. But you know, strong match. Good, I good, smart to give Riddle the victory there. You know, little things like that, but. Really fun match that the crowd was completely into. Judgment Day is for what you know for how they started off. They have become very important to Monday Night Raw. The turnaround in a year because we had workshops on this show for weeks trying to see how this crew can get better, but this current configuration is perfect. They all work great together. 
Dom's in a revelation. Rhea Ripley is that woman that is a force to be reckoned with that will beat your ass no matter what your gender is. She's game for anything. But the presentation is so much better. And I love their level up. It is one of the best turnarounds in WWE because they were compared to the House of Black and they got the wish label last year. Not anymore. This is absolutely on the level of the dark order as far as going from nobody cares to, all right, we actually care about you. So, um, cause I can't think of a WWE. Well, they're not, they're not big enough to be compared to the new day yet. So I can't go that route as far as a, a group that was just doomed from the start and ended up becoming one of the most important parts. But I mean, that's, it's, it's a testament to all of them. They've worked their tails off and got this over. And it is a New Day level of a turnaround, I have to say. I will agree with you on that because the New Day, it was a struggle, but they turned it around by being heels that were funny and entertaining and got over as baby faces very quickly. So it's all about what you're given, how you turn it around, and they've done so beautifully in the last year or so. As for my match of the week, I'm going to actually go into my NXT bag because I really enjoyed that tag team match, the triple threat between Gallus, the Creed Brothers and the Dyad on NXT to kick off the show was a chaotic beginning to the show. But I thought everybody looked good in that match, especially Julius Creed, who was kipping up, suplexing, kipping up. Brutus, he was good. Gallus, great as always. And the Grizzly Young Veterans, I'm not going to call them by their name, the Dyad, because they are great gimmick withstanding. Yeah, they're, they're an absolutely a fun tag team. Um, I think NXT is a good spot for them if they're going to stay in WWE. But uh, yeah, I I do think it is time for the Creed brothers to get called up. I know some people may say they're not quite ready, and I get that. But I, I think it's the same thing like with Tiffany Stratton. You're not going to get better until you you got to just work with different teams, and they've been working with this same group of teams for the last couple of years. So. You got to expand and you have to, you got to get thrown to the wolves. Like Bianca Belair was not ready when she got called up. She got thrown to the wolves and answered the call. You just gonna have to do that with some of these people. Exactly. And that is the way you find out if they really got next. If they can work on the road three to four days a week, work with different people and find their rhythm in front of different crowds that will also gain their confidence as well. And that's the beauty of these call-ups because you see their potential, but you can only do so much in a warehouse. You can only do so much on the coconut circuit. You've got to get experience with thousands of people every Saturday and Sunday to really get your feet wet and find yourself as a performer. And I think I see that for the Crees and Tiffany with experience because Bianca Belair, think about this, Scott. She got caught up during the pandemic when no one was there and she did the main event circuit for months before she really firmly established herself on SmackDown when they did the draft that year. And, and that's that's all good points because she got to work. She got to work with different talent. And and like think about the WrestleMania that she had and like that being the real experience with fans back and that that type of atmosphere. Like everything Bianca has done since being called up has been her being thrown to the wolves. And I get it. Not everybody's going to be able to respond like Bianca, but you got some, I mean, that's what you have to do. Like you have to start throwing some of these, especially the talent that you just see so much in. Let's see what they got. And if it doesn't work, it's not like you can't just backtrack a little bit and be like, all right, we'll just, re- we'll just peel it back a little bit, you know? So I think you just got to throw talents like Tiffany 
Roxanne. Well, Roxanne's ready, but like Tiffany, the Creed brothers to the wolves. Yeah, they got the raw talent to figure it out. I truly believe that, and that'll help them a lot along the way. And the beauty of Bianca's call-up is the fact that when we had live crowds back in July of 2021, the reception she got, like, the hard work paid off. Like, you can actually hear the love they couldn't give to her for a year and a half, and you get that in space. And that was for everybody that first Friday on SmackDown, that elation of, hey, we can finally love up on you after not being able to do so for a year. I mean, that's that's it right there. So we'll see what they do. But I, I just think NXT is only going to do so much for you. Absolutely. And with that, that is a wrap for this show. We have had a lot of fun diving into the future of WWE via a mock draft. A lot of fun, a lot of good conversation. Some Ms. Love begrudgingly by me and Scott is doing laps right now because not only that, the Lakers are going to win this game. I do believe two minutes left on the clock as we speak. Lakers leading 106 to 95 by Memphis. And it's going to be a 2-1 lead for the Lakers by the time this is all said and done. So congrats, Scott. You survived, I do believe. Yeah, game's not over yet. This is still too much time. <laughs> I'm not happy about what's going on. It went from 29. We're only up 11. It's not good. Look at this doom and gloom up by 11, a minute 52 to go, and you're scared to death. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not scared to death, but I'm I'm pretty close to petrified as you're going to get. Okay, John Moran has like 50 points in the fourth quarter. Oh, come on, dude. Oh, LeBron got fouled, though. See, he's going to the line. You're going to be okay, Scott. Calm down. You got all right, this. All right. Trust. All right, so we'll be back next week. It is our go-home show for Backlash, I do believe. It's going to be a fun show preparing for the marquee battle of Seth Rollins and Omos, the most random match you can possibly put together. It should over-deliver, of course. And we'll dive into the draft, what actually happened, who got picked for Ron SmackDown and NXT. Moving forward, the game changes starting next week right here on the Fight Game Media Network. So for myself and for Salty Scott Young, that's a wrap for this week's show. Take care. A Bye-bye. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.